0: Warning, the following episode contains elements of horror that may be unsuitable for listeners under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to Beyond the Bazaar. I'm Brianna and you're here with our final night of Terror Nights, our Halloween special. So with that being said, happy Halloween. And since tonight is Halloween, I have a special kind of combination for you all tonight. I have a ritual and a creepypasta to share with you guys. I'm always getting really great feedback from you guys regarding the rituals, especially the rituals and the creepypastas, so I thought I'd do that combo for you guys on this very special night of the year, Halloween. So to kick off the night, I present to you a creepypasta written by Levi Athens, known as A Strange Ambulance. It was Halloween night and my friends and I were driving to a local graveyard at the edge of town. We were too old to go trick-or-treating and too shy to attend any parties. So we found ourselves piling into my car and heading to a cemetery in the dead of night. It was my crazy idea to spend the eeriest night of the year amongst the dead and after much convincing my friends buck and daisy eventually agreed i wanted to be there as it turned midnight the witching hour it said that the veil between our world and the spiritual world is the thinnest on halloween the night was cold and empty the stars stood bright and alone in the expanse of black sky that seemed to stretch on forever The old cemetery was worn and overgrown with tall thick grass sprouting out from amongst the neglected tombstones. Some of the graves were as old as the 1800s and Civil war soldiers were even buried there. We parked the car at the foot of the hill and climbed out of the vehicle, armed only with a flashlight. Buck and Daisy had gotten used to me dragging them along on my adventures. This wasn't the first time they'd been forced to pile along with me on one of my strange graveyard trips. They felt especially obligated to go this time, however, being Halloween and all. As I repeatedly told them, it only happens one time a year. The graveyard consisted of dirt pathways climbing an old grass-covered hill which was quite steep in some sections. Hardly the best place to bury the dead. We traversed the rough incline, carefully stepping through the tall grass and avoiding the grave plots masked under a thick layer of foliage. I shined the way with my flashlight as Buck and Daisy followed behind. Why do you get the only flashlight? asked Daisy. I told you guys to bring your own lights, I replied. We didn't think we'd actually be going through with this. Well, whose fault is that? We made it to the first dirt path and stopped. The headstones gleamed as I shined the flashlight around. We listened carefully and the night was completely quiet. We felt entirely isolated. No one else seemed to be around for miles. I shut off my flashlight, plunging us into total darkness. With no artificial light anywhere, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face. It was the same as closing your eyes. I clicked back on my flashlight. Moving my flashlight around once more, I caught two shining yellow lights. What the heck is that? asked Buck, startled. I took a step closer. From among the grass hopped out a small rabbit with yellow I shine illuminated in the light. We breathed a sigh of relief and felt a little silly for being concerned. The rabbit took off further up the hill of the old graveyard with a tall blade of grass hanging from its mouth. We were just about to hike up to the next dirt path when we heard it, the sound of a distant siren approaching. My first thought was that it was the police and that we were about to be told to leave or something. But as we all turned around, we saw the strangest of sights, the red glowing lights of an ambulance approaching. With our solitude broken, we stood staring in the direction of the graveyard's entrance. We saw the red lights shine through the scraggly branches of the nearby autumn trees and watched as the ambulance made its way down Cemetery Drive towards us with its loud siren blaring. Something seemed off about the siren, though. It didn't sound the same as a typical emergency vehicle. It was an old siren, slowly whining out a low and lonesome cry. The ambulance pulled up and came to a stop at the bottom of the hill just behind my car the siren stopped abruptly the red lights went out I looked down at my watch midnight on the dot Buck, Daisy, and I looked at each other unsure what to do and what to think about this sudden visitor why would an ambulance stop at a cemetery I thought if this was some Town officials trying to get us to leave it was an odd method of doing so each of us waited for the other to say something Uh, hello Daisy finally cried out to the bottom of the hill no response we could see the vague silhouette of the driver but nothing else they just sat there completely stationary we thought about walking down the hill to see what they wanted but something within us told us not to. We stood silently once more. I shined my flashlight down, but the beam couldn't reach the window of the vehicle. Who goes there? shouted Buck. Still no response. Then suddenly, the driver began beeping the horn loudly. Loud, sharp beeps rang out through the night. First, two short, quick beeps, then a loud honk, followed by a complete silence. What is this, Morse code? asked Daisy. As if in reply, the vehicle began honking again in rapid succession. I could see the silhouette of the driver moving and thrashing around frantically while honking the horn. They also appeared to be pounding their head with their fists and even smashing their face onto the steering wheel. The siren and lights turn on, then off, and then on again in a strange, almost musical rhythm. Then silence. What do you want? Buck yelled in a louder and more forceful tone than before. The vehicle's door began to open. We instinctively backed up. The door swung open and out stepped the driver illuminated by the dull glow of the vehicle's interior cabin light. It was a pale old woman with long stringing hair, a scrawny and bony figure, wearing only what appeared to be a white gown. There was something almost ghostly about the woman. It was as if she was comprised entirely of paper mache. A haunting figure like that of a corpse. Her eyes seemed bloodshot, bruised and tired. They imitated a hollow sadness, indescribable. She looked at us as if looking through us. She extended out one of her long thin arms and curled in the old bent fingers of her wrinkled hand. She beckoned for us to come down the hill. We stood unmoved. The thought occurred to me that perhaps this was a spirit who had crossed over for Halloween night. Perhaps this was my exact reason for traveling to the graveyard. I glanced down at my watch. It read 1206. The timing was so eerie, as if it was the midnight hour that had called her there. These fanciful notions quickly faded though as I looked at the horrified faces of my friends. I gazed back at the crone-like figure at the foot of the hill. She beckoned once more and then seemed to grow impatient. She let out a loud blood-curdling scream that could shatter windows. I covered my hands over my ears and waited for her to stop. In a frantic motion, she quickly turned jumped back into the cab of the ambulance and shut the door with a loud thud. The siren roared to life in a bright display of flashing red, and the bizarre ambulance backed up. The vehicle then turned around in the road and sped away along Cemetery Drive. "'Let's get the heck out of here,' exclaimed Daisy, terrified. We hurried down the hill to my car with hearts racing." That does it, announced Buck. We are never going on one of your trips again. At this point, I honestly couldn't blame them. I drove home as nervous as can be, with my hands shaking all the while. We saw no sign of the ambulance or the lady for the rest of the night. None of us slept a wink or turned off any lights once we got to my house. It wasn't until the next day, November 1st, that we read the news. A woman from a nearby mental hospital has stolen an ambulance and was reportedly seen by locals driving strangely around the town, rhythmically honking the horn and playing the siren in strange patterns. Now this could be up by Levi Athens. One thing I do wonder is if this is a true encounter, like if this is something that um, Levi actually experienced, it would be very interesting to know if this is like a real encounter. But I have to say that whoever Levi is, they have some real ones as friends because I wouldn't be in a graveyard any time at night, let alone Halloween. This kind of goes back to that real world horror that I mentioned in previous episodes. Just like, you know, they went to the graveyard to kind of hopes to see some type of like supernatural paranormal horror, but just got real life horror you know it could have been like a really what if like close encounter type thing if they would have went to the bottom of the hill and this woman had escaped from the mental hospital who knows what could have happened you know if this is a true encounter story and if I do find out that it is I will let you guys know because it does kind of read like it could be true so if I do find out anything else I'll be sure to let you all know so moving on to the next part of our Halloween special Terra nights here is a ritual that is said to make all of your wishes come true because you know that's what most of these rituals are geared towards kind of either predicting the future or you know making a wish and the ritual I would like to share with you all tonight is called the Japanese salt magic ritual or shiomajinai so the earliest mention of this ritual dates back between 2007 and 2009 but there has been people who have said that it dates back well beyond that but internet wise it kind of first hit the internet around that that time frame. So as I said before you play the you play the game or conduct the ritual to obtain a wish but as always you want to play your own risk because you know you may ask for a wish but it doesn't mean that it won't be without a cost okay so for this particular ritual only one person can play you will need toilet paper a pen a matches or a lighter a dish that is fireproof so it can be a bowl or saucer ashtray just make sure it's fireproof about a teaspoon of salt access to a flushable toilet and of course a wish so you're ready to begin in terms of making your wish you can begin the ritual at any time gather all of your supplies take the pen and write down your wish on the toilet paper then carefully detach the piece of the paper from the roll it is important to remember not to rip or tear where the writing is if you happen to rip or tear where the writing where you wrote down your wish you've essentially kind of ripped your wish in two you don't want to do that so if you accidentally rip it then just discard that piece throw it away and then just start over Next, you want to take the paper that you wrote your wish on and lay it down on a flat surface like a table or a counter. And then pour the salt that you brought with you onto the paper. Then you're going to fold the paper into a small bundle, but make sure all of the salt stays within the center of the paper. Do not allow not even a single grain to escape. Next, you're going to remove the problem. So you're going to take the bundle of paper with the salt in it and put it in your fireproof dish. Take the matches or lighter, whichever one you brought, and set the bundle of the paper and salt on fire. Now watch closely and allow it to burn completely down to ashes. Once the bundle has been reduced to ashes and the fire is self extinguished, then take the dish to the toilet and dump the ashes into the toilet bowl. You may now flush the toilet. Make sure that all of the ashes disappear. You can flush twice if you have to. You just make sure that not a single smudge or single particle of the ashes remain. You're now ready to reap the rewards. Now you wait and be patient. Keep in mind that these things cannot be rushed. If the ritual is successful and depending on your wish, your wish will come true, possibly within the next upcoming days weeks, months, or maybe even years. However, if your wish does not come true, don't fret. You can always try again. But just keep in mind, you can't always get what you want. So try not to be greedy about it. Here are some cautionary notes regarding the ritual. So due to fire risk and fire safety, be sure that you have a fire extinguisher on deck and make sure there are no flammable items within the playing area. Next, regarding the pen. So different accounts have kind of called for different things. Some accounts say that you should use a red pen, red ink pen to achieve the best results, while others said that red ink should not be used under any condition. Some accounts stated the ink pen must be black and others say that the color of the ink kind of doesn't bear any meaning towards the ritual it doesn't affect it. Maybe may be something that you can play around with like if you use red ink and you're not successful then you can try again using black ink you know or you know I would just go for standard black or blue ink just to be on the safe side personally if I were to do this ritual. And as for the type of pen, brush pens, ballpoint pens, the choice is completely up to you it doesn't bear any meaning to the ritual it will still you know, work either way. There are also some variations that states that, in terms of, a pa- of the paper, they should play with like pink paper. I'm in the US and most of our toilet paper is just white, so I'm not sure how that would work, but many accounts stated they were successful just using plain standard um, white toilet paper. So, the ritual that I shared with you all is the most common one but there are different variations. You know that kind of depend on individual circumstance so in the event if you're not able or you don't want to use fire you kind of want to be safe you can kind of take the matches and light or lighter in a fireproof dish out of the equation and instead of burning the paper and the salt you would just t- toss the bundle of paper and salt into the toilet not burnt and then, then just flush as is And if you do not have access to a toilet, or do not wish to use the toilet in the ritual, you will not dump the ashes into the toilet bowl. You will just leave them in the dish until they have completely cooled. And then just dispose of them however way you want to. It is recommended that you bury them in the ground. And of course, after you have properly disposed of the ashes you can proceed with the reaping the rewards part of the ritual where you would just be patient and wait next regarding your wish so your wish should be about something that that is your current circumstance like regarding your current moment in life that you want to change or that you are concerned about as the goal of the ritual is to kind of pure kind of make a pure environment to kind of whisk away any type of sense of worry that you may have that's the whole gist of the ritual the whole purpose so that's what your wish to be centered on something that you're concerned and worried about and of course if the ritual is successful then you will find the things that you're concerned or worried about changing in your life it is recommended in terms of your of your wish when you write it down to be specific. You don't want it to be too broad because it could cause something to backfire. So you kind of want it to be specific to you. But once again, keep in mind that success is not always guaranteed. And the last thing that I want to implore you never to do is do not wish to seek harm to another person because this can cause an extreme backfire and it will backfire on you and that's not something that you want because you may never be able to change that you'll never be able to turn around and you will not walk away untouched this so magic ritual is really interesting i think that it's i think that it's really cool especially you know it's not it's not the whole mirror thing because i have a thing where I don't like rituals like that but but like I think it's really cool and like you know to kind of see how other cultures do rituals and you kind of learn a sense from that one thing that that kind of thought was kind of strange about it is that like with the ritual where it says reaping the rewards you can it can take days weeks months or perhaps years you know, how would you know like, to try again? Or how do you know if you just haven't waited long enough? That's the only question that I kind of have there. But I guess depending on whatever your wish is, you will kind of know. At least that's what I'm going to go with. But rituals like the Salt Magic Ritual and other rituals that we've shared are super fun and ways to celebrate the spooky season and this day, this very spooky day Halloween so I really hope that you all enjoyed the creepy pasta that I shared with you all earlier this episode and then the Japanese salt magic ritual hope you guys all enjoyed our, our seven terror nights here for Halloween special this year and this episode also marks the last episode for our season two of beyond the Bazaar. and I once again want to thank all of you for all of your support listening to on the podcast week after week and giving us your feedback and you know your thoughts and all that is greatly appreciated and this is something I really love doing and I'm just going to you know keep scouring the net and finding all of this creepy bizarre weird interesting information to share with you all in seasons to come so with that being said I hope you all have a happy safe Halloween, and as always, stay bizarre, good night, and see you next season.